Hi, my name is Peter Huguenin of the Council Bluffs Nonpareil. I'm with Nick Carinanti, and this is Dunkin' Donuts, a Boise State basketball podcast. Good night tonight. We are recording this on Wednesday night, coming off the win over Washington State. Uh, last time we recorded was after the Tulsa game. We won five in a row. Nick, just what, what, where's, where are you at right now? Look, I'm as negative as, it, as you can be about Boise State basketball, and I texted you about 12 to 15 times that we were absolutely going to lose this game tonight, but you can't be anything but happy. We're, we're playing well-ish. This was an, a really nice win on the road against a Pac-12 team, even while he was not uh, a powerhouse in basketball, don't get me wrong, but good win. And I want to tell you why it's a good win. Because we have lost this exact game dozens of times in the last decade in the Leon Rice era, including, I don't know, twice this year, three times this year, where it's a close game. The St. Louis game comes to mind. We have dumb turnovers. We shoot just atrociously from the free throw line, and we end up losing a game that you and I talk about how we lost and the other team didn't beat us. We beat ourselves. And tonight, we hit our free throws. We played smart. We let them beat themselves, and we won. Yeah. And I am shocked. Um, yeah. I'm I, happy. I'm happy. I'm, I'm happy. I am happy. One of the few times that Boise State has brought me joy this season. And I mean, coming into the season, if you would have said that we were going to be 9-4 and four and out of conference, I would have been pretty happy. Obviously, I would have liked to switch a few of these games. The Cal State Bakersfield loss still haunts us, but Washington State win makes up for that a little bit. And overall, I mean, we're sitting about where we probably should have coming into the season getting through out of conference some wins look better than I originally thought Utah Valley is becoming a better win by the day Santa Clara is actually probably a pretty decent win so overall the, the other nice the other nice thing is we are heading into Mountain West play with some momentum we're playing better um we talked enough about the addition of Tyson Degenhardt and the removal of Dutrieve. Devonair Dutrieve last pod, so I don't want to rehash it again. But this idea of addition by subtraction and the team kind of gelling in a more cohesive way seems to be true, right? Yeah. I mean, we, the rotation looks a little smoother. We're still not a deep team, and we still have plenty of issues. And I thought this game was absolutely miserable for the first half, but a really, really nice second half where we just look like the better team. I'm feeling good, and I can look past the fact that we only had six guys score tonight. I Wait, sorry, I take that back. We had five guys score tonight. Only one guy off the bench, but Armouche did not score. 
starting lineup. So, this is a flawed team, but it's a flawed team that's playing pretty well together, and guys are filling their roles a little more. It, it's just, again, cohesive is the word I'm going to use. And that's nice to see going into the into conference play. We'll see how it how it holds up. Absolutely. I do want to. We we wouldn't be Dunkin' Donuts without some negativity, though. And I want to end on a high note. So let's get let's get the negativity out of the way. And I think the negativity Dude, starts with well, one name. Is- why is Max Rice on this team? <laughs> why is Max Rice playing basketball? Uh, forget why is he on this team. Why is he playing basketball? <laughs> Dude has hit one shot all year, I'm pretty sure. Another just abysmal performance. 0 of 2 shooting, 1 rebound, 1 assist, 1 turnover, 2 fouls. 1 of 18 for the year from 3 for Max Rice, 3-point specialist. It's just... I. I don't get it. He he looks like he's terrified whenever the ball gets near him. He reminds me of the player in Moneyball, uh, Chris Pratt's character, when they ask him, what's your greatest fear? A ball being hit in my general direction. Max Rice's greatest fear is the ball being passed in his general direction. He just wants nothing to do with it. And, I mean... In general, our bench is pretty abysmal. I mean, Najee Smith has moments where he looks good. I've cooled off on Kuzmanovic tremendously. Kuzmanovic is looking like a tremendous liability on defense. And if he's not hot, he's cold. He's either going for 15 or he's going for zero. I don't think you're wrong. He's coming back from injury. Give him some time to get back in the rhythm. Shooting shooters oftentimes need that. Um, he's not taking a lot of threes right now. Again, the bench is an issue. Don't get me wrong. Kuzmanovic and, and Milner coming back from injury, I, I want to give them a little time. Not only, but I, I do want to say this. Najee Smith was the only guy to score off the bench. Yeah. We only took, our bench took eight shots. And five of those were Najee Smith. And he hit two of them. That's pretty absurd. Again, we scored 58 tonight. It was 52 from the starters and six from Najee Smith. Yeah. And, I mean, in general, our starters look good. Uh, one other semi-negative note we you touched on a little bit. Uh, not to take anything away from Boise State. Anytime you can get a win over a Power 5 team on the road, you take it. Washington State really did beat themselves in a lot of ways this game. 24 fouls. They had three players foul out. They shot only 30% from the field. They uh, really they missed a lot of opportunities, but I, that's nothing against Boise State. We've It's been the other way around so many times that it's nice to see Boise State allow a team to beat themselves. Yeah, but give us a little credit, too. We shot 18 of 21 from the line, which has never happened in, in the Leon Rice tenure. No matter how good of a shooting team we've been, it's always felt like 
we've struggled with free throw shooting. So it's really nice to see that, especially in, at the end of the game, crunch time shooting. Uh, we didn't lose the turnover battle, which has been another issue we've had a lot this year, even in the turnover totals. I mean, these things matter. It's nice to see us kind of turn around some of these things. If, if we can be a good free throw shooting team in close games in the Mountain West, that's going to change a lot of games for us. Same thing with just being able to hold on to the ball and not turning it over. Yeah. I mean, these things are in our control. and It, it is really nice to see that. Um, I do want to shout out Emmanuel Acott, who anyone who's listened to the pod knows I'm, I'm very high on his game, and I, I really appreciate a lot of the little things that he does on both offense and defense as, as our anchor on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, Kijab was great today, and Kijab's really taken over as a leader and took over in the huddle, and I, I think Kijab and Acott are the guys on this team. So I don't want to take away from anything Kijab and Shaver did as our two leading scorers or even Degenhart hit some really big shots. But if you look at Emmanuel Acott's box score, three of nine, one of three from deep with seven points is not going to impress anybody. And, you know, for those kind of Boise State fans that aren't watching games and just looking at the box score, you're going to question Acott and you're going to see his shooting numbers and you're going to be, why is he shooting so much? He's missing and he has this reputation among certain fans that he's a, a high-volume shooter and a black hole on offense. He's an elite passer, and I think more than anyone else on this team, I trust him to make big plays when we need it. And if you look at some of the biggest momentum shifts in the game on both sides of the ball, there was an ACOT steal late that really helped kind of put it away and a couple of ACOT offensive possessions that – either kept us in it when I thought we were going to fall apart. I just think ACOT does a lot more than his, his box score. And for those fans that aren't really locked in, they don't realize that. But I do want to just appreciate him for those sort of things. For sure. And, I mean, if you look at our four leading scores, they, we had Degan Hart, who shot 3 of 10, Kijab, who shot 5 of 11, Shaver, who shot 5 of 11, and... ACOT, who shot three of nine. And so it's not like ACOT is that much far behind everyone else. Also, you, you mentioned the three. I, I do want to shout out Marcus Shaver Jr. Scored 15. Really hit some key ones in the first half, I felt like, to kind of keep us in it. And I, I like Shaver a lot. I felt like this team is just gelling, those four in particular. Armis was haunted by foul trouble during this game. Kind of became a non-factor, unfortunately. Did have a big defensive stop at the end of the game, though. Um, overall, I mean, our... we're, we're gonna see. We're gonna need to see more from from Armouche, and we get a pretty good test. Now, I don't want to look ahead too much, but we will be playing Orlando Robinson and Fresno State. Orlando Robinson, seven-footer at Fresno, as a freshman last year, gave us a lot of issues and really looked like he could be a be a star. And I don't know if he looked like way other, against other teams, but against us, you could really just see him um, impacting the game in every way. 
Armouche has to be able to, to stay on the court and stay out of foul trouble and be able to, to contribute on both sides of the ball. We will see. That will be a good test, and I think that will tell us a lot. But, yeah, we need to see a little more than Armouche than we did, but you're right. Hijab, Shaver, and Acott are really, really, really coming together nicely in the half-court offense. Degenhardt is a wonderful complimentary piece. I I am super happy to have been wrong about what he would be able to contribute. His off-call cutting is fantastic, even though he struggled shooting today. He had a couple really important possessions late where he was able to, to score just with really high IQ, smart plays and, and cutting for easy baskets. And Again, it, it's nice to see that. That is not something that you would have really thought going into the year. Again, the reputation for this team is a lot of isolation, mid-range, and, and ugly baskets. And I'm not going to say the offense makes me happy all the time. We scored 19 points in the first half. But it is really nice to see that that meshing and that gelling together. So it is, it is really, really nice to see that. A couple other stats that jumped out at me. Uh, positive and negative stats here. Uh, we had four assists total on the game, which is pretty low. Uh, Washington State only had five assists. So that kind of highlights what you're talking about, how it's a lot of isolation this year. And another stat that stood out at me is we only had 16 three-point attempts, which might be like a career low for a Leon Rice-Boise State team. I f and, I mean, we made four of 16, and... I wonder if Leon Rice is just realizing that this team isn't going to hit three-pointers, so why try? Uh, Washington State had a nine-point lead at one time, so cool to see us uh, battle back from that. I, I almost felt for sure we were going to fall apart there. Those were the main that's ones. Just the thing that, I think that's the thing that we're going to keep harping on, but we didn't fall apart. This was more resilience than I think I would have ever expected from this team because things got harder and we had guys step up and make plays. Shaver hit some really big shots. Again, Degenhart late in the game. Acott with the, the big possession. Like These things are, are big. These are important. Yeah. And I, I don't think we harped on – I mean, we touched on it and we made it a big deal, but I don't think we – like we can make a huge deal out of the fact that we went 18 of 21 from the line. That's not just good for Boise State. Like, that is a tremendous, like, game-winning, like, stat line right there. 18 of 21 from the line. Washington State only went 9 of 15. That, that's the game right there. We made our free throws, which is just, I mean, 18 of 21 is good for any team in the country. So. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I'm, I'm very happy about a lot of things we saw tonight. It wasn't perfect, and again, it was very ugly in the first half, so I don't want to act like it was, you know, the greatest win of all time, but it was the sixth straight win, and it was things that you need to do to win games. And again, you know, going back to Degenhart, hitting the free throws and the three 
to to put it away when it was a tie game late with the, in the last two minutes. And for a freshman that was struggling to shoot the ball, that's huge. For sure, for, absolutely. And you know, good for him playing in his hometown. Um, hitting nine out of ten in the 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 clutch free throws to put it away. Huge. I mean, these things matter. You don't win games if you can't hit your free throws at the end of the game. You need people to contribute. Again, not only did Degenhart have the the courage to shoot late as a freshman who was probably three of or two of nine at that point, whatever he was, two of eight. But then he hit it. That that's important going forward. These things all all kind of matter, and it's it's an important win because of those things. Absolutely. So also, I mean, in in the decade I've been here, we only have a handful of of Power Five basketball wins. Yeah. And very few of those are on the road. So not that it's the greatest team of all time in Washington State, but really nice win to beat a Pac-12 team, you know, beat them in the state of Washington. Absolutely. So in the broader picture, how does this affect these, and not just Washington State, but these last six games, how does this affect your thoughts on the broader season of what your expectations are and what... I guess kind of the hope level of Boise State should be. You know, I don't think they wavered too much. I don't think they really went down that far, nor have they they gone up really. I think they're still kind of middling Mountain West team, but I do think we're going to beat some people. I think we're going to cause some problems. We'll see. We're playing a a nine and three Fresno State team as soon as we get back from the break. Yeah, which is in six days. That's going to be on Tuesday, December twenty eighth. Um, we'll be back to talk about it after that game. So I guess we will see how I feel after that because that's something that I could really change a lot of things for how I feel. That could be a really nice statement win in the in the conference. It's at home. That's an important win to get and could really put a nice kind of stamp on, on where we're at right now. For what it's worth you know, it's, uh Ken Palm for what it's worth, Ken Palm right now has us winning that game sixty two to fifty seven. But they have us losing three of our next four after that game. Uh, it's a really front-loaded Mountain West schedule. They have us going on a... eight-game winning streak in February, which would be almost unheard of in Boise State basketball. But, uh, I mean... It, it, so I think I have to take back something that I said prior. I do believe that this win and some of the teams that we beat being better wins than they originally looked 
I think it's going to take a lot. I think we almost have to win out, but I do think that an at-large is back in play. I think if we were to only lose one or two more games and make it to the Mountain West Championship, we would be a bubble team. Um, I just don't think that's realistic to win out, but I don't know, Nick. You, uh, I feel like you probably disagree with that take. You kind of walked it back a little bit, so I can't disagree with what you said. Um, thinking this team has any chance at an at-large bid with the losses we have is pretty implausible to me. However, sure, if we won every game between now and the Mountain West Championship and had five losses total, then like maybe we're, we're there. But that also won't happen. Yeah. So, I just have that, to, I guess... I have to take back the fact that I said that we are like mathematically eliminated from the bubble, because I I believe I said that we could win out and not get be on the bubble. I I think now we're probably first four out if that happens if we were to win out and lose in the Mountain West Championship. So. I mean, look, we'll see. Maybe there's a world in which we we lose one or two games in the Mountain West and then. Losing the Mount West Championship and and we are on the bubble. I don't really see it with the losses that we have. If there's a really strong Mountain West, I mean, you look at the 2012-2013 Boise State roster, Boise State resume, and that team was in the first four. That was uh, Mount West had the highest RPI in the country. And got five teams in, including us. And we were in the, the play-in. That was the year we lost to LaSalle. Yeah. That team that team also had a loss, or had a win at a Doug McDermott Creighton team. And that team also, if Derek Marks didn't foul out and wasn't screwed by the refs, would have beat Michigan State, but then would have put them in. Um, but... I digress. If the Mountain West is an elite conference this year, which seems unlikely, but if you look at it right now, there's a lot of teams in the nine and two to nine and four range. We're sitting at nine and four with Utah State. Wyoming only is nine and two. Fresno State and San Diego State have three losses, and then you still have Colorado State that's unbeaten at ten and zero. If, if the conference is top-heavy this year and the six teams I mentioned just beat up on the bottom five and the Mount West is a multi-bid conference definitively and we have, then therefore we have really good wins over, let's say we're Colorado State's only loss or one of two losses – and Fresno State, you know, again, only loses one one other game, only loses to Colorado State besides us. Like, you can build a, a strong conference like that. I don't think there's a ton of really good out-of-conference wins for the Mountain West as a whole right now. But if the conference is really top-heavy and strong and is going to get three teams in and – we do have this sort of like dominant one loss, 
two losses type of Mountain West conference play, I guess that puts us back in the, the realm of possibility. That's a, that's a tall ask for both us and for the conference. For what it's worth, the Mountain West is one of three conferences in the country right now that doesn't have a team with a losing record. The other two are the Big 12 and the Big East. Take that what you will. Take that with a grain of salt, given the schedule of our teams. But nonetheless, Big Ten has teams with losing records. ACC has teams with losing records. SEC has teams with losing records. Mountain West, every single team has a winning record right now. So, even San Jose State. So, maybe, just maybe, the, the, the Mountain West will be legit, and I don't know. It, I, I think it also helped that we had a lot of crossover with the West Coast Conference, which, for better or for worse, West Coast Conference is looking extremely strong this year. I've seen them as high as four bids, which I don't know. Seems a little high for me, but anyway. For those interested, the the West Coast Conference is currently sitting at the fifth highest RPI in the country, and the Mountain West is sitting at the tenth. Yeah. And the tenth is only behind the power conferences, the West Coast Conference and and the American. The and the Southern Con- SoCon apparently. Ken Palm has us as the ninth toughest conference right now. West Coast at eight. So overall, I think Boise State fans have a lot to be happy with, especially tonight. This is a great night to be a Boise State Bronco. I'm excited for conference. I'm more excited than I thought I was going to be. I would say a month ago. And that's all you can really ask as a fan. I have something to care about. Um, This team is making me care for now. Now, who knows where I'll be after next Tuesday. But it's a fun time to be a Bronco fan. Yeah, look, one game at a time, as cliche as that is. All right, Coach Karenanti. And... Right now, we got to be happy. If we lose by 15 at home to Fresno State, then we can come back and bitch and moan about it. Yeah, and just not watch basketball for like two more weeks. So, big games coming up after Fresno State. We go to Fres- uh, to Wyoming, which should be a heck of a game, possibly. Uh, then we go to Utah State, and after that, we host Colorado State. Colorado State's still undefeated. One of six undefeated teams left, I believe. So. Really, if we can hand Colorado State their first loss of the season, the winning, I'll be happy with how this season went. But I, I do think we are getting to the point where, like, we kind of need to be rooting for conference strength which I always hate to do, and I hate every team in this conference. Yeah. So I guess in what sense now, because conference strength, now that we're in conference play, looks different. Because we're not cheering for Mountain West teams beating out-of-conference foes because they're all wrapping up tonight, basically. 
Right, but Colorado State losing to San Jose State is bad for us. Yeah. Colorado State losing to anybody that's not us is bad for us. We we basically Colorado need State, the top three to Colorado State has a Colorado State has a win over Creighton, a win over St. Mary's, and a win over Mississippi State, and they're unbeaten. They're the twenty first ranked team in the country. Um we need to root for them to beat Air Force and then us to beat them. Like Yeah. I want our wins to mean more. So what so, what are the teams uh, that we need would, to we need Colorado State to win, San Diego State and Nevada as much? I, I, I can't possibly root for San Diego State under any circumstances. Fair. But in a uh, bubble, uh change San Diego State's name to team that shall not be named that helps boost our resume if they were to win, but screw them. Who who's got the best out of conference resume? From the conference, San Diego State also beat St. Mary's. They lost to Michigan. They lost to USC. Those aren't bad losses. They beat Georgetown. They beat Arizona State. They lost to BYU. And then Utah State's probably the other one that could be. Utah State has... I guess Utah State has a win over Oklahoma, and then they have a bunch of quality losses. They haven't really dropped any games that they shouldn't have besides UC Davis to open the season. So really, it's... We know how, we know how pesky those damn UC schools can be. California just needs to go form its own basketball league. Overall... Probably need, I would say, Colorado State. If Colorado State's only two losses are to us, that looks fantastic. And San Diego State, if we could be... If only us and Colorado State beat San Diego State, that looks good. So, And we need Wyoming yeah. to finish fourth in the uh, Hawaii Diamond Head Classic this next couple days. I mean, all of those is arbitrary. We just, we want the conference to be strong. It helps everything. I hate all of these teams so, so much. I don't hate San Jose um, State. I'm a, I'm a big believer in 10 miles San Jose State. Sure. I hate everybody but San Jose State so incredibly <laughs> a lot. I... I think we're an interesting matchup for a lot of these teams. When we've seen this Boise State team in the past, we've struggled with the more athletic teams, San Diego State, UNLV in particular, um, because of the length, the athleticism, the defense. This is a long and athletic, defensive-minded Boise State team. We could really... Give some teams hell, we can also score 15 points at any given half. Yeah, and that, that's going to be the thing that we know is going to haunt us all year. The offense is, I mean, still what the offense is. Our defense is going to keep us in most games, though. So, I don't really have too many more thoughts. Do you have anything else that you want to add to it? Anything on greater college basketball? 
I mean, you know how badly I just want to break down Jonathan Gavoni's newest mock draft, but I will refrain from doing that. Um, go if you're an ESPN Plus subscriber, go look at his mock draft. Feel free to send me your thoughts and takes and DMs, and we can chat because I have a lot of them. But I'll keep them off the pod. Um, that's for another podcast I host that will start up in a couple months. Um, Check out Nick on the Knicks wall. Yeah, draft season coming, well, during draft season. It's always draft season with Nick. Shout out my co-host, uh, Jay Ryan, there, if, if she's out there. Uh, I'm already in, in prospect mode. I'm starting to take notes. My The top ten of my big board is coming together. Um, I'm ready. Ready for the draft. And the more the Knicks struggle, the more I start just looking at prospects. Fair enough. Any shout-outs? Oh. Yeah, I'm, I'm putting you on the spot here. I don't know if you thought of one. Shout-outs in life, shout-outs for Boise State basketball, shout-outs for the NBA draft. All three. Any any of the above. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll stick with my, my draft, and I'm going to shout-out Kendall Brown from the best team in college basketball, the Baylor Bears. Uh, ESPN in this Cavoni mock has, has him going 16th overall. And he's a top five player and top five prospect on my board and I think a top five player in college basketball. I love Baylor. It's I don't know, top five current but top five prospect for sure. I'm very high on, on Kendall Brown, I'm very high on Baylor. So uh, I'm gonna that's sh- my shout out. I'm gonna shout out the Boise State men's basketball managers team. They currently yeah. hold a win over the third-ranked Utah Valley managers team, but they're getting no respect in the polls. I mean, I don't know what they have to do. They just have to keep winning. Kind of disrespectful that they're not even in the top ten with a big win, but just my uh, thoughts on manager basketball. So, anyways, thanks for tuning in. We appreciate everyone that listens. Always feel free to reach out to us and have a good day. And it's a great day to be a Bronco. Can we, can we drop our uh, Twitter handles real quick, Pete? Oh, yeah. Let's drop those. What's your Twitter handle, Nick? I am not the fake NC with an appropriate amount of underscores. Um, that's something I, I get given a hard time for on my other podcast. Um, it's a underscore score between each word it's what should happen my twitter handle is peter hugan in one and you can also what was that do you have any underscores no no underscores we're just rocking the straight name you can also follow our podcast on twitter at one duncan donut so yeah also i i do want to shout out no i take back I don't not shout out Kendall Brown because big fan, but we need to shout out the namesake of the podcast, Nick Duncan. Oh, you're right, Nick Duncan. Yeah, um, absolute legend, legend in life, legend at Boise State, legend at the Burger Belly. Um, now legend on the mic. Legend on the mic. 
super happy for him. Super happy to hear him on, on the call. Nice to see him get a little love on uh, on Mountain West streaming games. And nice to just see him around the program still. I always enjoy seeing players that are still interested in the program and still interact with the community. We appreciate it as fans to see you guys around. So, Nick, if you're listening and you ever want to get on the podcast, hit us up. We'd love to have you on sometime. Not only a lifetime uh, ticket to guest, if you just want to take over one of our spots, well, that's fine too. Yeah, we'll rock paper. You can choose who you want. If you don't know, we'll rock paper scissors, and you can just take over. So, but anyways, I, I do want to. Before we go, um, BJ Reigns tweeted that Boise State has two top 85 wins in the past three games and is now up to number 57 at Kempom. That's big. I don't know about you, Pino. Let's do some simple math here. 57 is less than 68. That's how many teams make the tournament. Nick, you know that's faulty math. <laughs> you got to account for those auto bids. <laughs> My my Navy midshipmen are going to win the Patriot and be a 14 seed. Even though they lost a horrible game to Towson today. That was brutal. Ohio State is going to win March Madness this year. EJ Liddell might be the best player in college basketball. I, I, I don't know if he's the best player, but I don't think there's any other player I'd rather have the ball with in a final possession. You're just trying not (laughs) I just feel so confident in him. Like, whenever him or Zed Key touches the ball, I'm just like, I feel confident. Anyways, this time for real, we're wrapping up. We appreciate you guys listening, and have a Merry Christmas. Until next time. If anybody wants to talk a little Spider-Man with me, reach out. Feel free to reach out. If you want to talk about anything with Nick, Nick's DMs are always open. Just don't talk politics. I I need to check. Are my DMs actually open? (laughs) You're telling these people to DM you and your DMs aren't even open? Um, I think my DMs are open. Unless you turn them off. They are now. Alright. They are now. (laughs) They weren't before. I believe my DMs are open. Feel free to reach out to me to talk about uh, any 2000s teen drama. Currently rewatching Skins. So. But, anyways, until next time, this has been Dunkin' Donuts, a Boise State basketball podcast.